Welcome back, John, to the World XP Podcast. It's been a little while. Our resident sports expert, John Markle. <laughs> Glad to be back. I love being on this podcast, and I love talking sports with you. All right, so for those who have been living under a rock, the NBA playoffs has started, and also the NFL draft is this coming Thursday. We're recording this on Sunday, uh, the 24th. So we had to bring him back get his opinions on both NBA playoffs and the draft. Um, other housekeeping, if you're enjoying the content, mm-hmm. click subscribe, like, comment, go check out John's blog. Link will be in the description, all sorts. He's got a three-round mock draft up on his blog. And I think another um, maybe more finalized mock draft will be coming in the next couple of days. So stay on the lookout for that. Then we'll see how right he is. For every single, <laughs> for every single pick. Yeah, I'll probably get the first two picks right, and after that, it's all downhill, just like my uh, NCAA bracket. <laughs> oh well, I mean, I think most people's brackets were busted yeah. this year. Yeah. All right. Um, NBA playoffs. I guess we'll start. I guess we can start with the East because that's where we are, um, and we can go matchup by matchup. Um, the only one that I've been paying attention to is the Miami uh, Atlanta series mm-hmm. because I'm a Miami fan. Um, so yeah, we'll start with that. What are your thoughts thus far? Well, uh, my thoughts of that series. Uh, well, it's a lot of people don't pay attention to it, but they should because Miami is the best team in the East. They were the best team in the regular season. Uh, they sh- they've showed it so far in the series with. Kyle Lowry, yes, he got a little bit hurt, um, but he's he's a trooper. He'll pr- push through. He's a guy out of Philly. Um, so he'll push through. He'll play. He won't back down from a fight. He's shown it. He showed it with Toronto. He's shown it with Miami. And then you've got, of course, Jimmy Butler. Put up a 40-point performance early in the series. And every game, he's just getting better. He's proving more and more how clutch he is in these playoff moments. And then you have... Miami's got great bench presence. Um, they can rotate guys with their starters. I know they have P.J. Tucker usually as the starter, but you guys, you got guys coming off the bench like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hira. These are fantastic scorers and shooters, so that makes them a legitimate threat, and I don't see how Atlanta gets through this series alive because Miami's just too good. The one concern I have is we're not we've blown some leads obviously we blew the lead in game three but i the other thing with lowry's injuries i think it was reported was it reported as a hamstring i believe so yes those could be kind of tricky so hopefully yeah. fingers crossed we can get the win i think we're we're playing today aren't we i'm pretty sure we're playing today uh yeah you played today tonight at seven on tnt Hopefully we get through that. We can get through that win and we can get through the rest of the series without him and let him rest up because that would be, um, that would be nice to get him some rest. The other thing that I noticed in this series, having not paid attention to the heat for a lot of the season was the undrafted guys that coach Bo and Pat Riley have done it again. Nick Struss, uh, Caleb Martin and Vincent um, just like, I don't know how they continue to do how they continue to do that. No, uh, it's been incredible. You, you hit the head on the nail. Um, like Struess has been phenomenal. He's been shooting beyond the arc lights out. Um, 
he's better in the corner, I find, than mm-hmm. maybe at the top of the key. But when he's shooting the ball, he's just great. And it's like, okay, they go to guard Jimmy Butler. Or they go to guard Lowry or somebody else, like Bam. And you leave the guy like Struss open, and he's just able to hit these shots. And it's pick your poison, but either way, the Heat are going to score on you. It's just how can you stop them? That's the problem for a lot of these teams, especially Atlanta for now. Yeah, I think last point on them. Mm-hmm. Game three looked like that was as good a performance as you're going to. I know Trey Young didn't play well, but as a team, it looked like one of those games where it was like that was they played almost as well as they could have, and they squeaked it out. And so for me as a Miami fan, I'm like, all right, that's fine. Y'all can have that one. Yeah. We'll win We'll win the next two, and then fingers crossed, obviously. But right. w- like tonight, I think, is a must-win. If it gets to 2-2, two, two, then it'll be tricky. But I think I think we'll be all right. Yeah, and I agree. I think if it goes 2-2, it can be tricky. I mean, as a Sixers fan, it was last year. I mean, Atlanta's a great team. Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter, who didn't play last year, is playing this year. Mm-hmm. Kevin Herter. Um, you got John Collins. You've got guys who can definitely play. But I think Atlanta's just still missing another star to play on, alongside Trey Young in mm-hmm. order for them to really go somewhere, like to really make a deep impact in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we'll see maybe another year of development from Hunter and Collins, and maybe yeah. maybe one or two other pieces they'll be they'll be there next year. All right, second series, Boston Brooklyn. Uh, obviously, giving the seedings, you expect this the the three zero Boston to be where it is. But given the talent that Brooklyn has, everyone expected this to be a much closer series. Although the games have been pretty close, even though yeah. Boston's been up three zero, I. The only thing, what I know about this series is that Boston has done an extremely good job on Kevin Durant, yes, given the length and stuff that they have. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and I picked Boston in the beginning of the series just because of that. They have the length and the guys who can guard. Um, they have Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year. Um, he's not typically guarding Durant, but you got guys like Grant Williams, um, Jason Tatum, who have great length, great height, and are agile they can move that's the key thing is that they're big guys who can move um they're not like your typical general centers or power forwards which will just stay in the key and move maybe five ten feet here and there no these guys will move with them like pj tucker the miami heat and that's what makes it, it, that's what durant's having such a hard problem with and you saw it last night um for those who watched Durant was just struggling basket after basket, especially in the fourth. It was like, where's the all-star that we, and this MVP that we've seen, we've appreciated as fans. Like, where is he? Because this isn't the Durant that we're accustomed to. And now you're like, okay, yeah, they're getting Ben Simmons maybe for this game four, but this Ben Simmons hasn't played in a year, really. He hasn't been on the court with other guys against teams that are in his face, breathing down his neck, that sort of thing. And so he'll only be playing maybe 15 minutes next game. Is that really going to help them get over the hurdle and get them back into the series? Maybe, but I I just don't think so. I think Boston's got this. What's your take on the – I've seen a lot of tweets that Steve Nash is the worst coach in the NBA. What's your what's your take on that? Right, because I've not paid that much attention, but I watched Steve Nash's interview with um, 
JJ Redick, <laughs> I think it was like almost a year ago at this point, but mm-hmm. and some others, and he seems like he has an idea of what he wants, like how he wants his teams to play, and yeah. and but I again I haven't really watched to know like is there any validity to these hot takes or is it an overreaction due to them being down three zero? I think it there might be a little bit of both. I mean, I can't really say because I'm not there, but like. If he wasn't a good coach, he would be fired. He would have been gone a long time ago. And we've seen moments where it's been Duran and Kyrie where they put on performances where it's been like they're putting together 75 points between the two of them and then stopping Brooklyn from scoring is virtually impossible. So, yeah, uh, he, he doesn't really have that playoff experience. I mean, he's been in the playoffs before as a player, but he hasn't been a coach in the playoffs really that much. And so he's going up against a team. Okay, yeah, it's a new coach in Boston. But this Boston team has so much playoff experience. I mean, they know what they're doing. And so I think that's the problem more so is that there's guys. Yeah, Durant's been there. Kyrie's been there. But there's these young guys on Brooklyn that haven't really seen playoff time. And now they're being told to do to put on this performance while their lead, one of their leaders, Durant, is just struggling tremendously. Mm. You think um, you think they keep him around next year, Steve Nash, and then they give him a. You think they give him like a full year with Ben Simmons, assuming he's healthy. To, yeah, to see th- kind of how that works out. Yeah, I think they do give him another year. I mean, yeah, they they aren't. The expectation was an NBA championship. Um, but that's not entirely his fault where they are now. Like if Kyrie, let's say he had been vaccinated, um, but I know sometimes it's for religious purposes and I'm fully understanding of that. But if he had gotten vaccinated in the beginning of the season with Duran, it's highly likely that they wouldn't have been in the playoff or the playing series. They would have been, probably a four or five seed at the worst. Um, and then if he, who knows, if I, if Kyrie had been there in the beginning of the year, would they have traded Harden? Would they, even if they didn't, even if they had traded Harden, they'd have Ben Simmons. Like they would have more time being as a unit than Kyrie Irving playing only away games for a limited amount of time until the very end of the season and then leading into the playoffs. And now you've got Ben Simmons, will he play or not, trying to factor him in some way. And so, yeah, I, I don't think Nash is t- fully to blame. Yeah. Um, the Harden situation is a bit interesting for me. And so we'll we'll skip the Milwaukee scary series to jump into the Philly-Toronto one because the Harden is a good segue into that. But – the Harden one is interesting. When they were doing the All Star draft, did you see that clip of like, um, yeah, of Barkley saying like, "Oh, Hart, like he'll play tomorrow." It's like, yeah. um, what's what's your take on what's going on? Because I haven't. He put up a couple of good performances in Philly. I think when he first got there, and Embiid was like, "Oh, he's amazing." And then after that, you haven't really heard much. I don't. Has he even been playing? Yeah, so he's been playing, but the the thing is with Harden. Um, First off, he's not as fast, and it's 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 visible. 
he's not as fast as he once was um, before the hamstring issues last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting off the edge and turning the corner, he's a little bit slower. Aside from that, though, he's still a fantastic player. But what's why he's not getting this high attention is because he doesn't have to be that star that he was in Brooklyn. He doesn't have to put up 30 points a game a night. He, he All he has to do is facilitate the ball, maybe score 15 to 25 points somewhere in between there because he does have other guys around him like Embiid, Maxi, Harris. He's got guys around him who can also score. So that's it's a different role than he had in Houston and in Brooklyn. He has a lighter role that makes it easier on him, I feel like, and also easier on everyone else because, I mean, sometimes he can be a lot personality-wise, but he's been fantastic. I mean, he, he hasn't said really anything negative. He's been a team player, and that's good to see. So I think you guys are up 2-1. You guys being Philly, mm-hmm. correct? You guys are up to one. Uh, no, we're three one. Three one. Okay. So uh-huh. what's uh, what's been your thoughts so far? Because I think Siakam had a couple of good games, didn't he? And then it just seems to me like Toronto just doesn't have enough, really. Yeah. So we we were up three nothing until yesterday. Siakam put up a playoff high, um, career playoff high yesterday. Yeah. We he then went on to proceed and call Joel Embiid soft basically. Um, so I don't think Embiid's going to take that too kindly. Um, Embiid did give the refs a sarcastic uh, clap at the end of the game because, I, I mean, yes, Embiid's, uh, Embiid and Harden, that's their game. Is they, they do things to try and get you into foul trouble. That's just what mm-hmm. they do. Um, but I did feel like, in general, there were some missed calls here and there, both sides. But um, there were a few calls that indeed should have gotten for fouls on the Raptors calls on him. But as far as the series as a whole, it's been dominant Philly Um, Raptors. I was a game two or three. They had like a huge lead, like ridiculously. The only thing it wasn't, the only reason why it wasn't more present was because Boston came back against Brooklyn. But um, Toronto had a huge lead thought it was all Toronto. I think it, yeah, it was game three. All Toronto, and then here come the Sixers. Usually Sixers, what we're accustomed to is seeing, okay, the Sixers have a sizable lead. They've got like a 15, 10 to 15-point lead, and then them blowing it uh, gradually like they did with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a little bit different because we're not seeing that. We're seeing, okay, they're playing consistent basketball. If they are behind, we see, hey, they can make a comeback against uh, Toronto. Now, Toronto, they're missing a few guys. Um, so it's hard to say, can they do that against, I think, yeah, they'd be playing Miami basically next yeah. series um, if Miami continues and if Philadelphia continues. But can they do that against a Miami? Probably a little bit more difficult. Gotcha. Makes sense. All right, so let's get on to the last series in the East, and then we'll go kind of uh, predictions for the rest of the for the yeah. rest of the playoffs in the East, and then we'll move to the West. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got uh, Milwaukee, Chicago. I think they're actually playing right now. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at the score. Oh, Milwaukee's up by 19. seven seventeen. Yeah. So nineteen. So that'll put it up. 
uh, 3-1, assuming yeah. they don't blow that lead. Um, that's another one that seems like a pretty – another one where it's like Milwaukee just has a bit too much for, for Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, it's weird because uh, it was 1-1 in the series, and then you hear Chris Middleton's out for at least the rest of this series and po- probably the entire next series, which can be a real problem for them if they were to continue into the next series and play likely Boston. Um, because Boston's been fantastic. They've been probably the best team in the East so far this playoffs. Um, But as far as the series goes, I mean, Milwaukee's played great. Um, Grayson Allen has stepped up. I mean, he's been shooting 20 plus. He had 22, above 20 points last game. And then he has over 20 this game. Uh, Drew Holiday has transformed into this well-rounded guard that plays fantastic defense and can shoot the ball as well. And then, of course, you have Giannis, one of the MVP candidates. Um, you got to basically double-team in order to stop him. And so I think it's a little bit too much for Chicago, but I thought Chicago would put up a little bit more of a fight, after, especially after Chris Middleton went down, because they've got the Rosen. They, I mean, even without Lonzo Ball, they've got DeRozan, they've got uh, Vucevic. Um, so they Zach, ha- Zach Levine is still there also, right? Yeah, and Zach Levine as well. So I'm, I'm a little surprised that they've kind of just slugged, slugged off. Um, yeah. I thought they would be a little bit better matchup. All right. Predictions time. So mm-hmm. uh, you got Miami to close out the series, you think? Yep. Yeah, I'd say I'd agree with that. Um, and so then that matchup in the second round would be Philly-Toronto, which I think we both think that Philly will close that one out. Yeah. Um, all right, so then we got Miami-Philly, and then the other two, Boston and Milwaukee, you think, probably to close out the last two, so to all the top yeah. four seeds move on? Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah. then we've got Miami-Philly. Who you got? Mm-hmm. You got to go with your team? Um. I mean, it was a pretty even series in the regular season, mm-hmm. but Philly did hold back a few guys. Like, I think one or two of the games they didn't play Harden. One of them they didn't play Embiid. Um, I think Embiid's a little bit too much for Bam, but I also think it's very difficult to guard. I mean, Philadelphia had problems. The reason why they lost last year is because they couldn't stop the perimeter shooting that Atlanta had, uh, similar to what. Miami has. They have Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, mm-hmm. um, but I, I would say it's going to go. At least it goes six or seven. I don't yeah. think this is going to be a short series. I think, I think the Sixers have just enough that I would say Sixers and seven, but it's a real toss-up. Flip of the coin. Yeah. I feel you. I gotta go with my boys, yeah. of course. Right. No, of course. Guess. All right, then uh, Boston, Milwaukee, and the other second round matchup. Mm-hmm. I feel like Boston has enough for that, especially if Middleton is still out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this will be a little bit different of a beast, though, for Boston because it's not like they're facing. Brooklyn doesn't really have a dominant center for mm-hmm. power forward, and Giannis is that guy. Yeah. He, he dominates in the paint and such. So who do you have guard him? You can't really have Marcus Bart. He's too small. 
You can't have Jalen Brown. He's not strong enough. It's it's hard to say. I would. I think as good as Boston has been, I'd actually take the Bucks in six. Bucks in six. Yeah. All right. So we'll go. Off. All right. So we got Bucks, and then we'll go with we'll go with we'll do both. How about that? We'll do both matchups. Okay. So Bucks Philly or mm-hmm. Bucks Miami. So we'll go Bucks Philly first. Who would you take in that one? Um, I I actually go Philly. Now this isn't. I mean, yes, it's a little biased, but um, <laughs> but in the regular season there was a few guys who could really guard. Um, Giannis well mm-hmm. and one of them was Matisse Thibel mm-hmm. Matisse isn't able to play he wasn't able to play last game and the game before that because of the COVID restriction because he had gotten like one shot I don't know basically he couldn't play the last two games but he was very good guarding Giannis in the regular season between him and Embiid guarding mm-hmm. Giannis and I would take the Sixers for that reason is because they are very good at guarding Giannis. And with the status of Chris Middleton being up in the air, I think it's just too much for Milwaukee, even though they are the defending champs. I think it's just a little too much. Yeah. They've looked a little bit worse last this year than they did last right. year, I think, also. So, all right. So if it goes Miami-Milwaukee, uh, who you got with that one? I'd also – uh, it's a tough one, but I think as long as Kyle Lowry's injury isn't indefinite, like if he's out the rest of the postseason or something like that for a long period of time, I would go Miami because I think Kyle Lowry can match up against uh, Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. And then I think, yeah, Giannis will probably score in, the, in this hypothetical, hypothetical series. He'd uh, score basically all over Miami. Uh, but you do have P.J. Tucker. So P.J. Yeah. Tucker played with him and knows a little bit about him. So I think that would kind of provide an inside ability to help guard him. Yeah, I think Bam also has a good – He's a he's got yeah. the right body type. Right. He's yeah. about – was he like 6'9", 6'10"? Giannis has yeah. an inch or two on him, but he's got he can move as well. He's got the length. Right. So I don't know. We'll yeah. see. I think so basically I... – mm-hmm. Whoever wins the Miami Philly series is going to the finals. Is what we're hearing. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. I would take that. I think we. I think we can concur <laughs> yeah. on that, sir. Yeah. All right. May the may the best man win. <laughs> yeah. As long as we don't blow these series. Yeah. Of course not. Right? This is all hypothetical. Yeah. Knock on wood. Yep. Of course. Still okay. Gotta make it through. On to the West. Mm-hmm. Let's see who we got. So we got. Um, well, it could be a series wrap uh, in a few hours with this Golden State Denver series. That's true. Wait, who won the other? Um, who's Phoenix playing? Phoenix is playing the Pelicans. The Pelicans. Yep. And then Minnesota is playing Memphis. Memphis. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Oh, so it was the seven eight teams that won the play. Okay, gotcha. All right, so we'll go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go Phoenix and uh, New Orleans first. Mm-hmm. And they are – Phoenix is up 2-1. Did the Pelicans win game? Pelicans won game two. 
into oh so they took yeah. one away right yeah that's but, interesting uh, booker went down ah is he he's back though um let me check no he's still out he's still out oh so that's yeah. that's quite interesting all right so yeah. um this is a big game then because they're playing in new orleans right, right? Mm-hmm. so yeah what are your thoughts so I still think it's all Suns. Um, it might not be Suns in four, but it uh, it'll still be Suns because uh, I I think ha- if New Orleans, I mean, we could play ifs all day, but if New Orleans had a healthy, good Zion, this would be a little bit different conversation. But they don't, and for that fact, it's just Suns because they've got too much star power. They've got DeAndre Ayton. They've got they still got Chris Paul. Um, yeah, they've got Mikel Bridges. It, it's just too much. Yeah, they've got a squad. I remember playing two K two years ago, and I got my my player got drafted by the Suns. <laughs> and like at the time, I think Kelly Oubre was still there, and there was one or two yeah. others. But like that team then was like in two years and all the players developed, it was like, oh, they might be quite good. And then here they are. Yeah. Um, what's the status of Zion? Because I know he had the foot thing, and then they had, like, I guess a disagreement on how bad the foot thing was because I saw there was video of him throwing down, like, 360 dunks in some random right. game somewhere. Yeah. Like, what's uh, – does anyone actually know what's going on with him? I honestly don't think so. I think I think he's still recovering, but I – at the same time, I'm like, if he's doing 360 dunks, What what what's his deal? Um, you shouldn't be doing 360 dunks if you're telling everyone, my foot hurts. Um, you should be first trying to build up to be able to run, run up and down the court after just taking standalone shots without having to move your feet too much. Yeah. Like, Was it, it just broken? Seems, I can't even remember. It's been that long. <laughs> oh God! Well, hopefully yeah. he's back next season. I know I had a fr- couple of friends with him. That, um, couple of friends that like mm-hmm. party with him at Beach Week when he was at Duke, and they said he was a really nice guy. Yeah. So I hope him. Yeah. I hope he comes back yeah. healthy and stuff. Obviously, but right. All right. So we'll say Suns to close that one out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Warriors Nuggets the other one. Warriors are up three zero. Uh, they play today. Actually, in yep. about thirty minutes is tip off. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Warriors close this one out probably. Yep, I think they do. Between Jordan Poole, um, he's been amazing. You got Steph Curry, um, and you've got the. I mean, he's been there, but the absence of an MVP uh, Joker. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a difference between the regular season joker and the playoff joker. Um, One shows up, one doesn't. And so I think that's another reason why last year I got a little bit upset because Joker won the MVP, but then he proceeded in the later on to was like throwing a punch Mm -hmm. or he had a scuffle shortly after. And so I was like, do we really, do you really want the NBA being represented by a guy who, yes, he wins the award, but then he goes to throw a punch at someone, regardless of what happens, you don't throw a punch. Yeah. He is averaging 30, 13 and five. Right. Which is kind of nuts. 
Yeah. But what, so, no. what's been, so what's been going – because I haven't really watched any of the games, to be honest. So Jordan mm-hmm. Poole, I, people threw his name around during the regular mm-hmm. season. But also, in I'm just looking at the postseason leader stats right now in the mm-hmm. ESPN app. He's shooting mm-hmm. average like 9 for 14, which is – was it like 65% or something ridiculous? Yeah. So this is not sustainable, you would think. Mm-hmm. So what like what's been going on with with like the series because just looking at some of the numbers like Curry's been good and then Clay Thompson I guess, is is he playing Clay? Uh, I'm not sure if he was. Yeah, I don't so think he, he's starting, but he's playing. Yeah, it says he's averaging yeah. 22 a game. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's like a. But yeah, so surely the Jordan Poole thing that's not sustainable, is it? I, like I haven't watched, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, based on how he's shooting, it appears so. It appears sustainable because he's been playing decent minutes, and it's not like he's been, he's just been hitting shots. I mean, some of the times it's not like he's totally open. It's just he's hitting them, and I think what's the problem is, obviously Utah can't guard them, but. You've got to guard Steph Curry. You've got to guard got to got to guard a Clay Thompson or an Andrew Wiggins. So it's like there's so many scores that it's like, who do I choose to guard? If I guard one on one, there's a good chance they're just gonna dribble on me, do a step back, something along those lines, hit a three, and mm-hmm. that's what they they've been doing. So maybe you can answer this question, but for those, they seem to go a little bit under the radar during the regular season. Is that fair War- to say? Yeah, the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, the Warriors do. Um I think it's been more recently because like it's been difficult with Clay Thompson. Um, mm-hmm. he's been battling injury season ending injuries for two years now. And finally he's healthy, which is good. But I mean, they're not even at full strength. Like even with Clay Thompson, they're still missing <laughs> the center that they drafted uh Two three years ago, oh Wiseman, um, yeah Wiseman. Is he's he out? Is he he's done for the yeah. season though, right? Right, yeah. Wiseman's out for the rest of the season, so this isn't in a full strength Golden State Warriors team. Um, so that's what's interesting yeah. to me because they went a little bit under the radar, kind of. Mm-hmm. I guess just based on the fact that they weren't like guaranteed mm-hmm. to get to the finals like they were four right. years ago. Yeah, but they're still very good. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's just the same, the same big three, basically. I mean, yeah, there's no KD, but you have a Steph, Clay, and Draymond mm-hmm. that are still there. They've been there for a while. They have a great chemistry, and then they bring in these young guys like, um, like Jordan Poole, Gary Payton II. Uh, you, you even bring in like an Andrew Wiggins, Otto Porter Jr., and even Kevon Looney, and mm-hmm. it's just the right recipe. Looney's been there for a while as well. I think yeah. based on what I know, what you've told mm-hmm. me, um, next year if, if everyone is healthy, mm-hmm. they could be a sh- they could be on the short list of championship contenders. Uh, yeah, any any time you got Steph, and then you add in Clay Thompson, you're definitely in the contender championship pool. Yeah. All right. So we'll say Golden State closes that out, obviously. Uh, Two-seed Memphis is playing Minnesota. I'm also looking at the standings, and it just looks like 
from the last time I really paid attention to the NBA, this everything looks upside down. Like Houston and OKC are just at the bottom, mm-hmm. and like everything just looks topsy turvy. But we have Memphis, we have John Morant, uh, and he's been playing insanely well, from what I understand. So yes. what's uh, what's going on with 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 that? So this has been a very interesting series. Um, basically, it's been a lot of highs and lows for both sides. Um, uh, for yesterday, it was Minnesota got out to a decent lead. They were up at half. And then they were up in, uh, heading into the fourth, but then uh, just – or yeah, they were headed into the fourth, and then Memphis kind of came back. But they were able to hang on despite Memphis putting up basically, I think it was five more points than they did in the fourth um, to win it by one. But it's been a back-and-forth battle between just the big guys like Cat. Uh, um, you got Anthony Edwards for those two for the Timberwolves, and even not to forget D'Angelo Russell. Um but basically, it's been a battle of those big stars, the big young stars. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and then, of course, John Moran, who, who put up uh, a decent performance, but it was really highlighted last night with them by Desmond Bain, their other young star, mm-hmm. a very good perimeter shooter. Gotcha. Yeah. So I see Anthony Edwards, is he a, he's a rookie, isn't he? Anthony Edwards... Year? Second year, yeah. So was he? Because he played at Georgia, right? And so I don't right. think there was much. There was not a lot of a lot of the. Um, I'll say the regular people that don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. They he wouldn't have been on a lot of their radar because they. I don't think no. they did very well that college season. Um, no. But he's turned into basically a borderline future all star. Yeah. In the space of two years, so that kind of came out of did that. Did that come out of nowhere, or people people knew this was coming? No. I saw Pat Beverly said that he was going to be like the next uh, insert greatest of all time player. Some I forgot. I, I don't know. Remember if it was MJ or LeBron <laughs> or whoever, but like Pat Bev said something like that. And then uh-huh. so what? Like what's been what's what is so good about him? What's been so good about him is. Slowly, I mean, I, I thought he was the best player out of the 2020 draft. I had number one ranked. Even though he played at Georgia, you're playing in a competitive SEC. Um, and so I thought he just needed a little bit of time to further develop his, like, shooting. That was one of his main struggles. He wasn't as good of an outside shooter. He was – he would take a bunch of shots, but he just needed a little bit more development and then just become a better, like – get a little bit better defensively. He was pretty good already, but needed a little bit of fine-tuning. And so I think because he was only, like, I think 18 when he got drafted, he just needed a little bit more experience. And now we're finally seeing, okay, he's gotten almost two years of coaching, and he's now got some playoff experience. He's really, especially in this past month, has really stepped up into a prime role to help the Timberwolves long-term. Who you got coming out of the series? It's tough. Um, can't even remember who I predicted originally. Um, I think I chose the Grizzlies, but it was a, it was a hard choice because 
I really think John Moran is basically Allen Iverson of this current league. Mm-hmm. Um, he can he he might not put up thirty points like AI each night, but he has the moves and the quickness and the flair like AI had. Yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna go Memphis? Yeah, I think Memphis, but again, it's a real toss-up because both these teams have done great, and both these teams have also done bad at times. Yeah. yeah. That's what you get with young teams, inconsistency. Right. All right, the last uh, series in the West, Dallas and Utah. Luka makes his return. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Utah won, any, won anyways. So let's uh, see. Did yeah. They win? Uh, yeah, Utah won. So it's 2-2. What are your which what are your thoughts on this series? What do you think? Um, so I think uh Dallas has done a tremendous job um without Luca because Luca is their best player. Um however, there's just something about Dallas that just I don't know. It's like they can't put it together any year. They come close. They come really close. But then it's like they blow it in seven games or six games or something like that. And I still feel like it's the same thing. I still feel like Utah, they've got more experience between Gilbert, Donovan Mitchell, that sort of group, that it's just a little bit too much for them to handle. Mm. So Utah, you got Utah going through. Yeah. All right. Prediction time. So hypothetically, all right, Phoenix pulls that out, and then they'll play Utah. Mm-hmm. You have who you got in that one? Phoenix in that one? I think with Booker being back in this scenario, I got Phoenix. All right, and then Memphis and Golden State. Who you got? Golden State. Yeah, I would agree with yeah. that. All right, and then Golden State Phoenix Conference Finals. Mm. Ah, oh, that's a tough one. Um, yeah. I think that's another six or seven game series for sure. I'd like to see Chris Paul. I mean, unless it were against the Sixers, I'd like to see him get a championship eventually. But I'd have to say Golden State. I, think. I, was, I was about to say yeah. the same thing, but with Miami. I was like, I'd love yeah. to see Chris Paul win unless it's against Miami. Um, all right, so you'll say... All right, Golden State in the finals, and then against either we'll do Miami or Philly. We'll go Golden State, Philly first. I think Philly because yeah. I don't think Golden State has an inside person to honestly guard and beat. And I think the same would go similar for uh, Miami. Like nobody, ha- they don't have a guy that. Yeah, you got Draymond Green, but. Can they really guard Draymond? P- like PJ Tucker, I base I think could basically cancel out Draymond. Yeah, um, Draymond's a little bit better, but um, but then who do you? I mean, yeah, yeah, you got Looney, but can he really guard Embiid or Bam? I, I don't think so. Um, the only concern about Golden State for both scenarios would be they've got that shooting. Yeah, as good as Miami shooting is. Golden State is just otherworldly. Yeah. In They're time. insane. They're insane. All right. We won't make you pick an NBA champion. We'll, <laughs> 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 we'll leave it there. Well, fingers crossed. Fingers uh, crossed. 
Whoever comes out of that series, man. Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets next year. <laughs> oh, stop it. Uh, all right. I already hear first. Whoever comes out of the Miami-Philly series, that second-round series, if both teams win their first-round matchups against Golden State in the finals, we won't make them do the prediction. Thank you. We'll save them the torture, and we'll just make them do NFL predictions instead. Uh. But you already got your blog up. All right. So for those listening, moving on to the NFL draft, NBA section is done. I think we've actually done a quite good job of splitting this up into a good time segment so far. We went east-west, and now we'll go NFL. Mm -hmm. Let me switch my ESPN app over to NFL so I can quickly sound informed, even though I have no idea what's going on. And I can't even find the NFL. This is a great start. But give us uh, give us your thoughts so far on, on on what's going on. Who who's the who are the big names? People to watch out for. Um, the uh, NFL draft for dummies, if you will. All right. Yeah. So your big name, your top dog, will be Aiden Hutchinson. He's your defensive end, edge rusher out of Michigan. I think of him as a a Joey Bosa, basically. Um, from the Chargers, he has great power, uh, great versatility. He can like make moves, get you jump in if you're an offensive lineman. Um, he could use like a little bit more physicality. I feel like that's his only knock. But he's a six-seven guy. Uh, he was sacking everybody across the field last season, and I think he's going to Jacksonville at number one because I think he's just the best player. I think they need a leader in in that locker room, and I think yeah, with it's good to have now a better head coach with Doug Peterson, who has been he's a Super Bowl winning coach, and you need a guy who can take command. And I think Hutchinson's a great piece to have as that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. How do you want to go through this? I feel like we can go either team by team and say mm-hmm. kind of maybe the big ones. Um, or we can do, I guess, a first round type deal. Is that maybe we can okay. go first round? I can go. I can pull yeah. up your blog, and I can you can go through it with everyone. Yeah. Johnny sports blog. Here yeah, my, we go. My headphones might lose power. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Johnny sports blog, twenty twenty two NFL mock draft. Got it pulled up. All right. All right. Here we go. All right. There we go. Okay, go ahead. All right. So first overall, Jacksonville. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, basically the bottomless pit that keeps going, uh, starting with Urban Meyer and uh, their ownership. But basically, the only way to go is up, hopefully. Um, but So I've got them taking Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end out of Michigan. He was the defensive player of the year of college football. He's got great size, great physicality. Uh, he's a leader. He was a leader for Michigan last year. Yeah, they didn't go as far as they really wanted to, maybe. But he was arguably the best player in college football of all of last year. All right. Sounds good. Detroit Lions at number two. So Detroit's a little bit interesting because Detroit, they've got a young head coach um, who really did well last year. 
um, Detroit, yeah, they didn't have the record, but they stuck around in a lot of their games, aside from the one against Philly, um, which was a little bit odd for them. Um, and even for Philly fans, they didn't expect that big of a blowout. But moving ahead, I've got them taking a risk. I've got them going with Kayvon Thibodeau. He was the number one recruit coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's He was a defensive end at Oregon. Now, the risk is... Uh, there's been a few things. He's compared himself to Javion Clowney, um, which is a little bit of a – it's not the best comp you want to do because Clowney was a high draft pick, kind of fell off after a little bit. He's done well. He did well last year, but mm-hmm. not the best comp. Uh, it's, there's been times where people have questioned his work ethic, like is he putting in 100%. But I think this is the type of player that Detroit likes. They like somebody who's getting like – thrown out to the side, being told they're not good enough. And I think that's something they can really feed on. And with that high of a caliber guy, you can make him so good that he could be like a DeMarcus Lawrence. Mm, that'd yeah. be, I mean, when yeah. you when you do these comparisons, are these like, mm-hmm. if they reach potential, this is kind of the player that they could be? Yeah, and also, uh, it's also, it's that, and it's a little bit of a similar play style, like technique. Uh, what they were sometimes, what they are now, or what they were coming out of college as well. Those those players. Mm -hmm. All right. Houston Texans, number three pick. So as bad as Jacksonville is, Houston could be worse. Um, (laughs) Starting with their uh, Bill O'Brien. That's a name they don't talk about, like Bruno. And (sighs) so I've got them take, basically they need every position. I mean, they won't. They probably won't go quarterback because they like Davis Mills, who didn't do too bad last year. Um, but I have them taking Evan Neal because I think they need. I think having the best tackle to pair alongside uh, who's it, Laramie Tunsil, um, who they got from Miami, mm-hmm. would really round out that line and see get a good evaluation. Is Davis Mills this guy? Because he could go next year, and if they were to fall as bad as the record was this year or even worse and get that number one pick, you could be looking at Ohio State C.J. Stroud at quarterback. So I think taking the best tackle is a good idea. Fair enough. Logic makes sense. All right, the the Jets. So I've got them taking the sauce. Um, Sauce Gardner out of Cincy. I mean, who doesn't love sauce? Uh, (laughs) He's a big corner. Yeah, and that's what you need in this NFL day and age, especially with your your rivals, Miami Dolphins, adding a Tyreek Hill. Yeah, you don't you gotta you gotta have somebody who can guard him, and Sauce Gardner was the best corner in all of college football last year. He did not let up. I think it was he didn't let up any touchdowns of uh, long distance. He. He was tremendous in that Alabama game. Like, I think he didn't allow any passes above, like, 20 yards, that sort of thing. And he was – he's just your best corner available. And that's what Mm. they need in that Jets defense. They need something in the secondary. Fair enough. All right. How much much of the draft is it taking the best player available for these teams that are bad versus, Um, like, fit? Yeah. So a lot of them, it is the best player available. Um, sometimes it was like 
sometimes I think maybe it's a little bit of a reach, but I think it's a better scheme fit. Like, do I do I think the quarterbacks are honestly that good? Maybe not as much. Like, um, I think your best quarterback this year is Garrett Wilson, who I have going to Seattle. He's a little bit – he kind of reminds me of Russ in that he mm-hmm. can really move around the pocket. And they need somebody eventually who can take over because Drew Lack's probably not your answer. If Denver didn't want him and couldn't do anything, there's a good chance Seattle's not going to be able to do anything with an even worse offensive line. So yeah. it's it's a lot of fits, but it's also sometimes they are the best player available. But eventually you get to a point in the draft where it's it's just you're choosing the guy that you need, not as much the best player available. Yeah. I feel like for some of these yeah. bad teams, is like they have so many needs and fit needs right. that the best player available often fits something that they need anyways. So, yeah. I don't know. All right, number five, Giants. So Giants are sitting pretty because they've got uh, the number five and the number seven pick. Um, I've heard that they have received calls about uh, one or two of the picks. So I've got them taking with their first one. I know Trayvon Walker is considered, he could go top five um, or, sorry, top three. I -hmm. know there's been talk of Trayvon Walker go first overall. Um, even not to Jacksonville or even two to Detroit, but I think he slides to five. Um, and the Giants, they need an edge rusher, and so it kind of fits the profile. Take the best one available. Take this guy who was great at Georgia, but arguably the best guy at the time. Fair enough. All right, Panthers at number six. Uh, so Panthers, it's a toss-up because – I know everyone knows they need a quarterback. They don't need a guy who's seen ghosts in Sam Darnold. Um, But they also need an offensive line. Um, Because how do you have a quarterback do well if you have no offensive line? That's the dilemma. So it's it's a real tough choice. And there is an existing relationship between Matt Rule, the head coach, and quarterback prospect Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. Um, so he, Kenny Pickett is likely to be taken in the top 20, 25 picks, in my opinion. Um, so Kenny Pickett could go here because Matt Rule did recruit him when he was still at Temple, um, but then Rule left for Baylor, and then Pickett decommitted and left for Pitt. So I could see Pickett here, but I see them taking Charles Cross out of Mississippi State offensive tackle because – they just need offensive line help desperately. Yeah. All right. Back to the Giants, number seven. You got them taking another offense, another offensive lineman. So there's been a lot of linemen going so far in in the first round or the first the top ten picks. Yeah. So the offensive linemen, there's there's a few. These top three are top ten prospects. Um, this includes Evan Neal, Alabama. I had going to Houston, Charles Cross, Mississippi State, um, going to Carolina, and then who I think is actually the second best offensive tackle but can also play guard is Iki Ikwana out of NC State. This guy is versatile. He can play offensive tackle and guard, but is likely to line up at tackle in the NFL. 
and the Giants, they need basically every position on offensive line. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they need the to save Daniel Jones. <laughs> yeah, they need to save Daniel Jones. Yeah. And right. honestly, they're, they're running back as well. They need to save him. Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, he's been – the injuries have been huge yeah. for him. All right. Um, Atlanta. Okay, so Atlanta, I've got them. Okay, so you have the whole Calvin Ridley betting on mm-hmm. that, that whole uh, incident. Uh, so I have them because they need somebody. Because the only person they have to throw to is their tight end. Mm-hmm. So they need a wide receiver. And Garrett Wilson's the best wide receiver available. Um, now, I would say Jamison Williams before his ACL tear in the national championship was the best wide receiver. But um, for now, it's Garrett Wilson. Well, uh, Jameson Williams still out because Garrett Wilson can run, catch. He can basically do it all. Um, he doesn't have, like, elite speed. That's his only main knock, I think. And he mm-hmm. doesn't block as well. But he can make himself open. He finds he finds pass, makes himself open, finds a way to score, make a big play. And I think that's that's what Atlanta needs. They need something. I know you have a Chris Godwin as your comparison, but mm-hmm. I've not actually seen him play. Are we looking at kind of like a Cooper Cup, Antonio Brown type, like undersized, not over the top and speed, but yeah, type player? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Cooper Cup was amazing last year. <laughs> That's true. Fair enough. Yeah. Maybe I not get that far, but yeah, some similar idea though. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. All right, uh, we got Seattle at number nine, and you've got so Liberty actually is kind of I'll say they're local ish in Virginia, um, and this is not often you see a quarterback taken from a small school like this in the top ten. No, so uh, Malik Willis, he was he was a great college quarterback. Um, he can run. He's got incredible velocity. Um, not like um, Patrick Mahomes' velocity, but he's got decent velocity mm-hmm. and can good make good touch passes when he's on the run, like just mm-hmm. flicking it over. Yeah, he, the only knocks on him is that he occasionally makes a few mistakes, and um, he did have some difficulty with a little bit tougher opponents. And with these smaller schools, you gotta assess how good was he was if he was placed in, let's say, an SEC or something like that would he have been as good? Because that's basically what he's going to now. He's going to an NFL caliber uh, scene. And so he needs to protect the ball better. He needs to learn a few more things. So he'll be a developmental quarterback. So he'll probably sit at least for the first year, maybe even two years, um, before he sees starting time, legitimate starting time. But I think this is a quarterback that kind of fits Seattle's bill in where they are. Because they just sold off, um, a lot. They just sold off Russ, possibly DK. It seems like restarting a little bit is the right way to go. Do you see a lot of upside with him? Like for me, and I, I hate saying this because like I want everybody to do well, right. but like for me, this screams like bust. So, like yes. it screams like another one of these like. A Tyrod Taylor type that does okay for a little while and then kind of flames out. 
Yeah, so it's tough with uh, with guys like this, like Malik Wills, because I think he's he's got he's definitely got the highest ceiling out of any of these quarterbacks. I mean, maybe Matt Corral, you could argue alongside with him, but he's got the highest ceiling. Um, but he, with that comes also the lowest, so he could be a bust. And this quarterback class, it's been stated on record multiple times by bunch of different sources wherever you go as not being that great of a quarterback class so taking a quarterback this early on is a gamble but I think in this scenario where Seattle would need they'd be looking at a top offensive tackle and for the top three to be off the board and the top quarter to be off the board it's a either you're risking on him or you're going to probably risk on Derek Stingley Jr., the quarterback at LSU, who didn't play at all basically of last year. Mm. So, Well, hopefully he does well. I think at this point it kind of comes down – if he's got all the physical stuff, it kind of comes down to mentality. So hopefully he's got the mentality and he's able to do well um, because obviously that's what, <laughs> that's what you want. Um, he could be a stealer. He could yeah. be a stealer. That's, a, that's another possible destination for him. So. And I hope he does even better. <laughs> uh, all right, rounding out the top ten, we've got the the Jets. So this is interesting because, like I said, I don't really do hypothetical trades, and there's been a lot of chatter about Debo Samuel. Um, I, I just recently saw like a hypothetical trade where we'd see the Jets trading their top ten pick or their tenth pick, and another pick and a player to San Francisco for Debo Samuel, which would that would just make the off season even this off season even crazier. Um, but uh, I have them taking actually a tackle. I know they could go wide receiver, and I know yes, a wide receiver would really help um, the quarterback, their quarterback. So, but I think offensive tackle because they did miss theirs. Um, their tackle was out basically all of last year. And you kind of need an insurance policy. And they did improve it a little bit, their offensive line, by signing offensive guard Lakin Tomlinson, who was with San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But I think just providing another offensive tackle to help beef up that line would be the best thing. And then maybe later on address wide receiver. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, that's the thing with, like, you could do is – as much as you want on paper, but until the player, like you never really know what's going to happen. Drafting is kind of a crap shooting and a little bit of a, a little bit. All right. Uh, Washington, Washington commanders at number 11, uh, whoever came up with that name should probably be fired. Honestly, I feel like, I feel like they should just have kept it at Washington football team. Cause that was like a nice throwback thing. And people had started to get used to it. I think, and the bad press, I felt like, was kind of behind them a little bit. And then they brought it all back. But I don't know. If you have thoughts, go for it. But otherwise, if we could just go with their pick. Yeah, so I've got thoughts, but I'll go with their pick. Um, so I, I have them. <laughs> so diplomatic <Yeah>. of you. <laughs> yeah, um, I've got them taking one of my favorite players, um, Kyle Hamilton. He's a safety at Notre Dame. Um, why he's one of my favorite players is because he doesn't, I mean, even it was seen at the combine, he doesn't have like, he ran a bad 40. Um, 
didn't have the highest metrics or anything, but when you when you see him play in the games, he's all over the field. He's he's making every play, and so I think with them losing uh, their safety this past season, um, this would be a perfect fit. And then now the only knock, the main knock on him is he did miss a little bit of the 2021 season due to a knee injury. Um, and like I said, the speed is a little bit off. It's not that great. Um, and safety is the more, uh, at the NFL level, safety's kind of become obsolete. Like there's been a lot of times where you take a safety and it kind of falls through. Like with Cardinals, uh, they took Isaiah Simmons, who was a safety linebacker kind of breed, and we're still waiting for him to do something. Because mm. he was so good at the college level, but then when he got to the NFL, nothing. So it's a gamble a little bit. But I think, I mean, the other option for Washington would be wide receiver in this case, I think, for them. Mm. Um, and I think they could go wide receiver because they could give Carson Wentz all the help he can get. But that's true, especially with only Terry McLaurin to throw to, really. So, but I think they go defense because this is just what Washington kind of does. They, you'd think they'd want to go wide receiver, even though it's like, even if a wide receiver is staring them right in the face, but then they go something else. Well, their their defense has been pretty good, hasn't it? I think. Yes. Yeah, so it's been good, but then it take a, took a big drop off last year. Mm. Well, yeah. that's just what they do, isn't it? Yeah. They also could give Carton could have given Carson Wentz a different team name, but they didn't do that either. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. All right. So we got the Vikings. Oh, um, are there any other notables? Do you want to go through each one individually, or how do you just... want to? How do you want to do it? Because I feel like some... we're getting into like the range where the people will want to care about their team specifically because we've kind of gone through the top here. How about this? Those of you listening, go to his blog. If you want to check out your team specifically, he's got all of them on there, um, but we'll go through the the rest of the, the notables, I guess. Yeah. Um, some of the local teams will go through Baltimore and Philly and Pittsburgh um, and <laughs> Mustafa will go through New Orleans for you, dude. Um yeah. yeah, and then and then if we missed anyone, go to his blog, check it out. Um, yeah, all right, let's let's see. Uh, Baltimore at fourteen. Yeah, Baltimore. Um, in this scenario, I have Lauren Jordan Davis, uh, regarded by some as the unicorn. Um, this guy is a really nose plug defensive tackle. Um, he doesn't play. He didn't play all three downs at Georgia, so there's a little bit of a concern there. But he did pretty well at the combine. I think he's a good player. I think he can, as long as he doesn't gain too much weight um, and become basically, uh, yeah, if he if he gains too much weight, there could be a real problem there. But if he stays under that weight, he should be a great player. All right, fair enough. Uh, next, we've got uh, Philly at 15. Uh-huh. So Philly, they do love their Florida State uh edge rushers. Uh, they have Josh Sweat, who they just extended recently. And so I think they go uh, Jermaine Johnson here. Uh, he was ACC Defensive Player of the Year this past year. Uh, I have a comp to Max Crosby, who's a great defensive end for Vegas. Um, 
but this is this is him slipping. In all likelihood, he'll probably go between fifteen and ten, um, somewhere between there. But he he transferred uh, to Florida State. Came in last year was great. Played great against every team. Um, he's got great explosiveness, and he just needs a little bit of development, especially with the containing guys with his shoulders. But other than that, great player. Sounds like a good pick. All right. Uh, New Orleans Saints is 16. Yeah. So your Saints, um, they've got the uh, – they've got a few things they got to address. But one is their top thing is wide receiver. Now, I know the Eagles could go Jamison Williams, and I wouldn't be – I wouldn't have any problem with that because he's my favorite wide receiver. Um, but I think the Saints go wide receiver Jamison Williams – yeah, he'll. He's supposed to be ready. I mean, he tore his ACL recently um, in that national championship. When, but when was that? In yeah. January, sometime. Yeah, so that was in January. But his timetable has actually been sped up. Like he's recovering very fast, and with the ACL injuries nowadays, the timetables that they're able to get these guys back on the field is incredible. Yeah, it's closer to six months than a year, which it used to be the other way. Yeah, so, so I he think might be he ready should be by good. Training camp. Yeah, at least yeah. preseason, I think. If not training camp, preseason for sure. This preseason, what is August ish? Yeah. So yeah, yeah that, he'll be he'll be back in doing stuff with them before the first game for sure. Right. But he's a good deep ball threat. Mm-hmm. Um, he can occasionally make sloppy cuts, but that's kind of his style. He does that. He does kind of goes all over the field, but he finds a way to get it. Fair enough. All right, then we go 18 and 19, Eagles and Saints again. How did you guys end up with four of the five picks? So we this... traded with New Orleans. Uh-huh. Eagles traded with New Orleans. They acquired next year's first rounder from New Orleans. Gotcha. All right, so 18, uh, Philly. You got a yeah. corner. Yeah, so um, Trent McDuffie, he's very fast. Uh, very athletic. He's got a little bit of short dinosaur arms. That's that's a main knock on him. Mm. Um, but um, I think he fits the Eagles scheme well. Now, if they had their choice, they'd probably go Sauce or even um, they could even go Andrew Booth Jr. here. But they're more of a cover one uh, on third down and base coverage. They do a cover one format. And I think Trent McDuffie you would pair well with Darius Slay. So, yeah. Fair enough. All right, Saints again, 19. And so Saints here, I know they have Taysom Hill, uh, Swiss Army Knife, and I yes. know they have Jameis Winston, who played very well when he was healthy. But do I, if I'm the Saints, do I really think Jameis can, A, stay healthy, B, is he the long-term solution? No. Um, and so that's why I have him taking Matt Corral. I think Matt Corral, he did get hurt, and he does have injury issues similar to Jameis, as does every quarterback. Um, he did get hurt in that bull game that he was playing. But he he's, aside from Malik, and even with Malik, he's probably tied first for my favorite quarterback because, actually, because I love his leadership and I love his pocket presence. He knows how to pick up guys if they're coming, and 
while he doesn't have elite skill, um, he knows how to um, he knows how to command it and how to release the ball well. Mm, fair enough. All right, twenty Pittsburgh Steelers. We need a quarterback for sure. I think I think this is the match. Um, now, if Malik Willis were to slide here, I think he'd go here um, if he was available. Better prospect, do you think, in your opinion, than Kenny Pickett? Um, so immediately, no. Kenny mm. Pickett's your best immediate quarterback. Uh, he's kind of like Mac Jones. He has he'll have an immediate effect because he the will he have the highest ceiling from five years, maybe, probably not. Um, but he can come in definitely and do something. Now it's it's interesting because you just signed Mitchell Trubisky and mm. he. Can he be that long-term solution? Maybe it was just a bad uh, setting for him. Maybe it was just he needed to get out of Chicago to become that great quarterback that he was number two overall. Mm-hmm. So, But I think either for Steelers it'll be quarterback or offensive tackle here. Yeah, that makes sense. I would agree with that, even having watched not that much, but – Obviously, with Ben retiring, definitely quarterback. I don't, I haven't seen Trubisky play enough to really know what what yeah. version of him we'll get because I he's been he's had flashes where he's been really good, and then other times yeah. been not so good. Um, hopefully, the steer like the the culture in the locker room, Tomlin will get will be able to get the best out of him, and maybe this this pick will be kind of a moot point because Trubisky he's still pretty young, isn't he? He's like mid twenties. Yeah, so, mid twenties. He just played a year in Buffalo behind uh, Josh Allen. So mm, true. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. Um, any other notables uh, that we got going down the list? Um, other notables in the first round. Um, one of my favorites would probably have to be um, Trail on Burks and Daxton Hill. I love I love these two guys, and I have them both going to Kansas City, of course. Uh, former coach Andy Reid. Um, so Trail on Burks, I have him going twenty nine. He's he's considered like fourth, fifth by most best receiver, but I think he's I think he's the next AJ Brown. Mm. Um, he's got good size. He's six three, two twenty five. Um, he can block downfield. He's got great length. Um, good good ball catching skills. Um, he doesn't always play at a hundred percent level, but I think that can change. I think he's got like a mentality where he can hit the NFL. And let's say he were to go to Kansas City, he would flourish with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, and they need they need another receiver because Tyreek Hill got traded, which is still kind of right. insane to me. But right, and then I have him taking Daxton Hill with the next mm-hmm. pick, another one of my favorites because they lost Honey Badger. Yeah, um, he's still a free agent. I know New Orleans has been in talks with him. I know uh, Philadelphia has been in talks with uh, with the Honey Badger, but um, I don't think he'll be signing before the draft. I think that if he had done it, it would have been about two weeks ago. And since mm-hmm. it hasn't happened since now, um, then I'd say he's probably going to sign after, which will make it interesting for teams because do you take a safety, do you not? Um, like if you're Philadelphia and the Orleans who need one. Um, but with Daxon Hill, 
I love his his play style and his cover skills at Michigan, especially this last year. Like in zone coverage, he was mm-hmm. very good at picking up reads. Fair enough. Sounds, I mean, sounds like a good pick to me. He's a bit undersized for a safety, though. Yeah, and he he's he falls as a safety slash slot corner. Ah, gotcha. So both gotcha. positions, which is one of those, kind of one of those guys with good what good instincts, good hands. Yeah. Gotcha. Can kind of put him anywhere. He'll do a job for you. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. I think we'll wrap up the NFL draft with that. Anything else in the sports world of note that's happened recently? I think this will come out tomorrow. So anything other anything other noteworthy news that's been going on that you want to talk about? Um, no, I, I think the most noteworthy thing is um, I know that just recently, just a few minutes ago, it's actually stated that Embiid's going to have surgery on his finger after the season, but uh, that would be minimal. I know the Bucks held on to beat Chicago and like the yeah. Saints just tipped off, but as far as stuff in the world, baseball's back. I uh, love that. Um, and I would say glad to see Arsenal take down Manchester United. Yeah, man. Mikel Arteta's doing great things with them. It's uh yeah. it's really cool to see that like when you actually give somebody time who's got an idea of what he wants to do, give him a few transfer windows. It's like mm-hmm. the, the fruits are coming. And then once they sign another striker, like, a, like a, maybe Darwin Nunez or something like that, they'll be uh, – next season will be interesting. Aside from that, actually, Champions League semifinals, Tuesday, yeah. Real Madrid, Manchester City. Who you got? Uh, got Manchester City. I, I think they just got a slight edge. Yeah. And then Wednesday, Liverpool via Real. You got Liverpool? Liverpool, yep. Yeah, I'd say so. Who you, if you had to pick somebody to win it, who you got? I'd still have to go Manchester City. I mean, they're leading in the Premier League. They've been playing well. Uh, they have a lot of star power. It's just, I know it's as good as they are, but yeah. yeah. All right. Well, with your headphones just dying, we've picked a uh, a great time to wrap this up. Um, yeah, in Champions League final, I have no idea. They keep tying two two when they play, so that's yeah. nuts. Um, but all right, John, really appreciate your time. Yeah. Uh, always love learning about the world of sports. I come talk to you whenever big things are happening, and I have yeah. no idea what's going on. And you keep me informed, so I appreciate Good. it. Yeah. Glad to be here. I was happy to be part of this podcast yet again. Um, and then hopefully by next time, one of our teams will have an NBA championship. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We should make this like yeah. a yearly thing, you know? Yeah, if they start winning, then yeah, definitely. Well, that, but I meant the podcast as well. NBA playoffs uh, yeah. and NFL draft, uh, yeah, a, yeah. Yearly, a yearly thing. Yeah, let's do it. We'll yeah. mark that on the books for next year. All right, yeah, John. Yeah. Have a good one, man. Yeah, you take care. With that, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace.